When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on Anfield Index Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trav Downey, and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Arsenal 3, Liverpool 1 in the Premier League from the Emirates Stadium are Jim Boardman and Guy Drinkle. Uh, absolutely could not be more different in terms of feeling, um, in terms of the apparent effort levels certainly in terms of the quality uh, from the game a couple of nights ago where Liverpool absolutely destroyed the opposition in Anfield we were always a bit hamstrung going into this one Jim and I think the team has sort of worked miracles management and players uh, in the absence of a lot of very very good footballers uh, in recent weeks but this is the game where it came back to bite us on the arse. And here's the thing, Jim, it feels a little bit self-inflicted with the initial team selection and some of the shenanigans on the field. Yeah, I mean, I've just come into this room and the last time I was in this room, I was doing recording scouts and Tommies. I've just moved the notes out of the way, which were full of like good things and buoyancy and, and happiness and, you know, hope for the rest of the season. And then I feel like, I've come back in time to sometime last season. It's just, it's one of the worst performances I've seen from us in a while in terms of, in terms of attitude. And I know we, we've had it at times this season. We've done, we've done roars where we said, my God, we were bad for that first half hour, but we reacted. And today, it just, the reaction just wasn't there. The goal that we got was lucky. Um, you know, when they say things even out, well, that turned out to be true in the second half. But I think, you knew that a run like this, we've only won one all season. That was in North London. That was thanks to some absolutely amazing refereeing. But you knew that a run like this is going to come to an end one day. Um, you hope it's going to be against a team that's not really one of your rivals for the, for what you're going for. Which so that's straight away we lost that that good that possibility because it was Arsenal who were one of the rivals. But even then, you can kind of live with it because you kind of know it's going to happen. But it's just the way it happened. I think that's my biggest gripe with today. I mean. I could certainly look at Anthony Taylor and find fault with him, but he wasn't our worst player today um, by a long chalk. And that's saying something because he didn't even have one of his best days. It's just, it's just shameful. And I think, and that's the word I'm going to use, shameful, because you go back to that Tottenham game. I mean, we had adversity then, you know, stage mentality kicked in and we nearly won that game against Tottenham, despite being so hammered by the officials and, 
I think that spirit stood us in good stead for the rest of the season. And I just wish, a part of me wishes we didn't get the equaliser before half time because I think that that the way we came out in the second half was like, oh, oh, we don't have to do anything after all, then we can still get something. No, no, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you get looking again, but you don't always. You've got to go and find your look sometimes. And I just think, yeah, the, from 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 the from the moment I saw the team sheet, I had a bit of a worry, and I don't think it it went away. Um, still not gone away. The only thing I can say is that we generally speaking do react well to things, and there's a week now where there's going to be a lot of soul searching, a lot of hand wringing, a lot of videos to look back on, and uh, I don't know, maybe some hitting around the head with a badminton racket or something for a few of them because they need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would I would happily be administering a few of those badminton racket slaps myself, to be I'm honest. I'm thinking badminton racket rather than tennis racket, you know, this time, you know. You yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's Next time, see. cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how it escalates. Uh, you know, uh, Guy, Jim said there about, you know, the the... It, it just the frustration aspect of it is huge um and 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 there is a level of a disappointment uh in the way certain lads perform we do have to acknowledge uh the 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 difficult circumstances of, of having guys out but we do also have to acknowledge and people won't want to hear it because you know the same kind of guys who come in white knighting for their favorite player all the time if you dare to even just vaguely criticize them like i've noticed there's actually a weird weird level of support for um for mr gravenberg that you know i've never seen anything quite like it before these guys getting their backs up um, if if there's even a vaguest whisper of, of a lad not uh, of, of, of that fella not having maybe done awfully well but people won't want to hear any criticism of Jurgen Klopp either, given the circumstances and given where we find ourselves. But I think he got it wrong in terms of how the team was laid out today. We saw our, ourselves starting with Gravenberg and Gakpo, and um, you know neither of them ex- did ex- a, a whole lot right in that first half. And when they went off with Trent, who I thought was equally bad as the two guys uh, in terms of lack of effectiveness, and with Trent, it was actually a bit more egregious than that at times. All around, you could say that the manager had a little bit of a mare with that lineup, I think. Now, again, people will say, what, what was he going to do? There's very little choice. We were very badly impaired by injuries. But just your initial response to the game in that context, mate. Um, yeah, I think I think the Gakpo, Gakpo starting is fine because Darwin was clearly unfit. Even when he came on, you could see he was he wasn't. He just wasn't running as quick as he usually was. So the busted foot or whatever the hell was wrong with him is, is probably quite bad. Um, so Gakpo, I understand, because obviously Moore had to piss off in the middle of our season and get injured. Great stuff. Cheers, lads. Um, again, uh, Gravenberg, he's just not ready, is he? he like, And we spent... For, I don't want to just slag him off, but we spent 40 mil on him and... When we spend 40 mil, he has to be ready. They have to be ready to play first team, and he's just not. Like, I think in a wider, not not today. Mind, he did he did settle. I'll say Arsenal's goal against themselves rather than our first goal. Yeah. Uh, had fuck all to do with us. <laughs> um, he obviously has talent, good pass. He had the odd moment where he dribbled past a couple, etc. But he's just, you can't, someone who's not ready can't play in a game against. These teams like Arsenal, who they're always intense. Even when Arsenal were quite shit, 
the games were intense. Games against City are intense. Um, he's not ready for this level of opposition. And that's the per- position we did have options, because uh, for me, I wanted Trent to start in midfield, bring Robbo in and shift Gomez from the start. Um, because then you have the quality of Sabozlai, and we have seen Trent when he has played in midfield. He actually gives a toss, which helps. Um, or Elliot for his faults when he does start games, he tries his hardest. He'll run for you. He'll die. He'll die for you. He'll die for the club. Whereas you can't. I don't think you can say the same about Gravenberg yet. So I think, yeah, I think for me, obviously the tough situation with Connor Bradley. So Trent coming at right back does make sense, but I would have rather him gone in the midfield because we just didn't have the quality in that position. Like, Mac tried his hardest. I think him and Diaz were probably the only ones tried the hardest, would probably get um, put next to their report after the game. Um, but Jones was no help to Mac, to Mac and their grav didn't do anything till, till um, the pass at the end of the half. It's, yeah, I just don't think he's ready for a game like that. Whereas you look at Arsenal, they bring Jorginho in, who's not everyone's cup of tea, but he then helps Rice, who then Rice just went on to monster our entire midfield. Like, Arteta got it right, and I think Klopp, with limited options, unfortunately did get it wrong. That's what's really sticking in my craw more than anything else is the fact that uh, Lego Head managed to look as if he put in a masterclass and, and, and to see his celebrations at the end as well. It's just absolutely nauseating for me. I can't explain fully why I dislike him so much and I'm quite glad. It's nice to be uh, as old as I am and still still have comparatively irrational feelings. Uh, and that is a comparatively irrational feeling. I mean, Arteta has no body of work uh, whereby he was a, you know, a, a great opponent of Liverpool or anything like that. I just really sort of inherently dislike him. Uh, and I really don't like this bunch of fellas he's putting together either or their fans. So. This one does sting a bit. And Jim, if we, we've kind of pulled apart a little bit the Liverpool team and, and, and for balance, just in case anyone's going off there, in case we have any, uh, you know, fans of Gakpo, Gravenberg and Trent who are, uh, immediately firing their devices at the wall, uh, because they can't, um, hear anything critical, anything vaguely critical about their, you know, irrational favorites. These are wonderful footballers. We get that. I'm kind of sick of saying it about uh, about Gravenberg. Oh, the talent is clearly there. That's the the proviso at each and every tweet. You see, is it? Well, let's show it then. Let's see the talent uh, all the time, consistently. Uh, Gakpo. Oh, well, you can see he's a very clever lad. He's got great touch, and you know he's has he? Yeah, we'll do it all the time then. Do it all the time. And with Trent, there was an attitudinal thing there that I saw today. Again, some people will say that that's bollocks. Uh, I will absolutely die in that hill. I thought, again, around the concession of the goal, I thought he was particularly appalling, uh, both in terms of his effort level uh, and uh, position. But they went off, Jim. Those three went off, and we had enough time with our compa- you know, with the lads we wanted to see, with Robbo in, with uh, Nunes in, and with Harvey Elliott in. And I'm looking at the match stats here. Liverpool, shots on target, shots registered, like in terms of on target shots, after the full game, one. One shot on target. <laughs> so we need to be a little, a little bit fair as well and say, 
the guys who came on didn't work that magic you spoke about before where that team digs deep and does uh pulls rabbits out of hats that spirit you talked about was so missing it was just sad to see uh and that you know again obviously there's a lot of uh nonsense and when you're watching sky it's 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 you know narrative all over the shop and they're already like i heard uh that absolute dipshit drury saying something like well liverpool won't disappear out of this title race will they not no the fact that they're still top of the league. I mean, the, the, the narrative is beyond a joke. But but let's take a look at that Liverpool lineup, you and I, and let's talk about what you think the manager did right and wrong, if there were realistically any changes when we look at the bench and so on and so forth. Because he starts with Ali, who, God love him, had an afternoon to forget, uh, along with Trent at right back, uh, Ibu and Van Dijk, uh, and then Gomez at left back. It was Gravenberg, McAllister and Curtis Jones. Uh, again, as you said earlier on, our guy, only, only Mac really can hold his hand up and say he had a good afternoon. Jota, Gakpo and Diaz, uh, all various levels of, uh, ineffective, but the, the effort level again, very much at least there from, uh, the We Colombian fella. Our substitutes bench featured Thiago, Nunes, Adrian, Elliot, Robertson, Clark, McConnell, Kelleher, Kwanzaa. Um, so we do have options there. There are game potential game changers. What did you think about the lineup? Um, what was it what you expected? There was a lot of theories that Trent might get pushed into midfield. I didn't see it, Jim, because he hasn't done it yet, you know, from the start, like outright. So I didn't really think it was going to happen myself, uh, given also the fact that we're missing Bradley. And it's terrible yeah. to say in the context. It's, it, it seems amazing to say, but like I haven't watched the guy up close now and haven't seen him for a few games in a row. That team actually missed his fire and energy and passion. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, you know, <sighs> It's another another little thing that winds me probably more about the performance today because whatever he's going through right now, if he'd have got a thing up on his phone saying that we'd have beat Arsenal, it'd have been a little bit of a little tiny smile on his face in a, in in what is a really really difficult time. And yeah, what's he going to see? Um, but obviously, that 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 says a lot though about Trent that we were missing this young lad Connor Bradley who was playing you know, out on loan somewhere last season who, um, to be fair to him, probably could have played earlier on in the season, but had that injury. Um, was it a stress factor in his back? Something nasty. Um, and the energy from him. And I mean, I go back a week, it was the Norwich game in the FA Cup and we had McConnell came into that game and what a game he had. I mean, I don't know if it looked as good on TV as it did at the ground, but he was just in the right place at the right time, finding the right balls to the right player at the right time. Um, for, you know, to be starting his first game for us like that and playing so well, I would have been tempted to put, and this is the surprise I had because first of all, I didn't realize Dominic was injured. Um, so the first thing, the first name I saw on the score sheet is the one who people might want to defend our friend Ryan. Um, I was shocked that he was on, on the, on the team sheet at all because I don't rate him. Um, even if I'm being kind about it, I think, Here's a player that isn't ready yet. It's a player that he, if he was an academy product, we would probably be sending him out on loan in this window just gone um, to go and get some experience rather than trying him out in our first team. Um, and that's that's the kindest thing I can say. That That's me saying there might still be some potential in there somewhere with him. But it's it's not there now. I'm, and I just feel like it's just... It's just 
he offers less than he gives. So he's almost like, you know, he's, he's almost like a handicap to us at the moment. And he summed it up that one positive moment from him was the ball that led to our goal, um, which fits right into that narrative. I think I've used it before with him. He's a YouTube player. You know, you can put some good clips of him together. And that's probably what his fanboys are really seeing is a few little YouTube clips where he looked okay, you know, in a little five-minute montage of stuff. Um, stick the other 85 minutes on from every game and see if you can make a decent clip out of that. I just don't think you can. But other than that, though, I think it did feel a bit, a little bit like our hands were forced. Um, you know, Trent coming in for, for Connor. I think if Connor had been available, that is what would have put Trent in midfield. Because I think Connor is more than capable of doing that right back role, and you know, and there's definitely questions as to whether he should be our first choice at the moment, um, given what we've seen today. But definitely, he could have started today, and definitely Trent then potentially could have gone into midfield. Um, and that's I think you know that's what stops Trent going into midfield to start a game is we need to have someone decent at right back. Um, and I'm not a fan of the thing where Trent sort of does two jobs because I don't think he does. I think for most of the time, he just he just ends up being ineffective in both jobs when we do it. And we've, I feel like we've said it too many times now. It should be obvious to everyone. It's so obvious to us. Um, then he even has to do three jobs as well. <laughs> well, yeah. And and then at times, you know, Virgil has to do a bit more. You know, we're asking, a, you know, Virgil's a decent player. He's, he's still looking pretty decent for his age and all the rest of it. But, you know, you're putting more pressure on him. Um, I think it was obvious that with, with Conor missing, Gomez was going to start on one side or the other and that was the only issue would it be Robbo or Trent who started him the only thing I can say there is that Robbo's been out longer so maybe Trent was was thought to be more ready and also it's a little bit less disruptive in the sense that Gomez stays doing the job he was doing and has done so well let's face it um but yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I have no issue with Jones starting the game I don't think he was he was as effective today and the front three again given who we've got available if Darwin if the injury Darwin had, we don't know how bad it was. He didn't show any signs of it, but you know, it could have been um, a bit of an ask, a bit too big of an ask if he's not trained much as well, just to get him to play for 90 minutes. Um, but God, we missed him. And this is the thing. Um, I think the commentator said before the match that it's the first time we've started a game without either Nunes or Salah in the league this season. Yeah. You know, and as harsh as I am with the lads that played, I can see, you know, there are some mitigating circumstances, but I think there's nothing that mitigates for the performances that we did put in. That's the issue with me that, you know, with injuries, with players being tired, I think McAllister played too long today. Um, I don't know why Thiago came on so late. If he's fit to play, why why leave it so late? I don't understand the substitutions. I'm sure we'll come to them. Um, but th- this is the thing. If, if we've got, if we've not got the full quality that we need and the key players that we're missing, yeah, you're going to be vulnerable. But my God, just just put the effort in, lads. And this is and this is the thing. This is why I'm mentioning McConnell because there's a lad on the bench there that the last week he took, he did not take his place in this side for granted. He wanted to make an impression, and my God, he made an impression. Too many players today didn't think they needed to make an impression, and that that's the most disappointing part for me. I think that I think that's really I think that's really spot on. Um, and you know, in particular, our our you know world class uh, number sixty six. Um, I just really was very very disappointed in, in what he produced today. And again, like it's you know anyone saying well he, he's been out for what fine well then no he, then he doesn't play. Um, I I I, I love the McConnell shout and we've had just nothing but positive feedback in in respect of. Uh, playing these guys and giving these kids a chance to do their job in their position. And I don't see what, uh, 
you know, the aforementioned Dutch lad did to warrant um, selection in that in that yeah, situation. I don't get I don't get why he's ahead of Elliot in the pecking order. You know, it no, doesn't. makes makes no sense to me. I, I really I don't I honestly don't see it. If it was if it was we got to put this guy in because he's a physical unit uh, and Klopp prefers those kind of lads, fine. But then you know you'd have to use that physicality, and the same applies to Cody. Sadly, we've said it too many times. You know, um, the like I said, there was plenty of opportunity though for the subs come on and do the business and they didn't really do it either but if we have a quick look at Arsenal uh, before we get into the details of the match we know that all this will come out Guy, you and I might just take a sec to have a look at uh, Lego Head's setup. he went with Raya Looks like he's finally settled there. Uh, ben White, Saliba and Gabriel and Zinchenko the far side Jorginho, Rice and Odegaard who um, sort of took it on himself to be uh, chief cheerleader for the crowds who were, you know, very, very um, easily rattled, I thought. Um, we could easily have spun it against them. It was really there for us to really rattle that lot. Uh, he he needed to be, you know, constantly reminding them what they were supposed to do. And they started with Saka, Havertz and Martinelli, and they had a lot of joy uh, down the flanks. On the bench, they have Ramsdale, they have Smith Rowe, uh, Eddie Nketiah, Kivior, who came on, Cedric, uh, Trossard, who came on, Nelson, who came on, Elneny and Walters. Um, listen, there are a lot of good footballers there, Guy. We know that. Are they title challengers properly? Well, everyone will say today that they're now, they're, you know, probably favourites ahead of City. That's how strong the narrative is. Other people will say that now that's all City needed and uh, they will cruise to the title. There will be huge amounts of whingers in the Liverpool fan base who will have thrown all their toys out of the pram and given up after this evening as well. You know that. <laughs> I, I'm, I, can't, I can't have you as one of those. I can't have it. Listen, is the difference between people like to be fair Dave who was saying from minute one look it's cities and they're going to probably do the job over the course of the season and it's very it's hard to argue with that I just I'm just, I'm just being childishly defiant uh, at that stage but right now at this stage you know, when you have the lead, it's it's very hard to see uh, that we should be in any way defeatist about it. But let's take a look at, at Arsenal and, 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 and what the way they went. I don't suppose there was too much really that was surprising in terms of that lineup guy. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I think the only other thing they could have really done is um, Havertz could have played in midfield and they could have brought in someone like Enketia or Trossard, who obviously has a good record against us. Um, But I think, as I mentioned um, earlier, I think having Jorginho and Rice kind of as a two, it it just 
Well, it freed up Odegaard to press really high, which I don't think he's really had the opportunity to do this season whenever I've watched Arsenal. Because obviously it's been Havertz in midfield all season. And I say he's an attacker. I still don't know what he is. Like five years he's been in England at two separate clubs. I have no idea what he actually is still. Um, But yeah, it's probably there. Without Thomas Party there, it's probably their best team, and obviously, and Jesus, I should say as well. Not, um, but it, I think it's just set up well to get at us. Like, unless we had more and Dom fit, I, I don't think there was much we could do to compete with that. Because even if we do bring in the Elliot and stuff like that, maybe if like our good players actually performed, it may have helped. But we'll get into that as we go. But. I think he just picked the right team. It, it gave their powerful players just to just to bully our team. And I think that's what they did from minute one. I think they bullied us all of the first half. We had a little spell at the start of the second half, but I, I think they just ran over us. Maybe. I think that's yeah. yeah the, the the energy levels from them, uh, their pressing was far superior. Yeah, and you would you would expect that in the first half, um, particularly when they've got so much to play for. They lose today. It, everyone, the narrative would then suggest that they're done. But you know what? You make a really good point. Um, and I bring it. I'm going to bring it back full circle to to, to Liverpool here because you know this is a Liverpool fan podcast and the way you talk there about how they were well set up to get at us what is it do you think that is going through Jürgen and Pep Lender's mind when they say you know what would really be good against Martinelli who's so pacey and such a threat and Saka would be to make sure that we have uh, Trent uh, who has been, let's say, lackluster at best in terms of most of his defensive work, uh, or a lot of it. Uh, and ahead of him, who would be a really good sweeping man to cover up and then high energy, great to tackle? Oh, yeah, let's get Ryan in there. It, it does actually make you wonder what the thinking was there. It's not as if they were surprised by the fact that Martinelli has got serious pace. And it was Martinelli against Ibu most of the time because Ibu was having to come across and doing that job all the time. Time, uh, of covering so it can't really have been that much of a shock and yet that's what called us out that side and to be fair Saka got a bit of joy in the other side too yeah I think you're right about the right and our right hand side especially it just maybe it's in too much faith in Ebu and to be fair to Ebu considering Van Dyke had possibly his worst shirt, uh, game in the Liverpool shirt as well I know he got sent off, but he was probably still somehow our best defender on the day, which is impressive yeah. and shit at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true because even even Joe didn't have his most solid afternoon mm. uh, after a succession of very solid performances where he would have been close to man of the match. Jim, let's get started into this uh very uncomfortable afternoon for the Reds and we'll go up as far as the concession of the goal uh, and stop around there so uh, to be fair Jota does have a little opportunity where he's through almost through one on one with the keeper Cody had done reasonably well to battle and sort of semi hold the ball up it's not entirely intentional but it makes its way on to Jota who's driving through uh, this is about 35 seconds in but his touch is quite heavy it runs away from him and towards the keeper there were visions of his goal recently um, coming to mind and it would have been 
an absolutely brilliant way to start and probably an entirely different afternoon. Uh, Saka puts in a good cross on three minutes. Um, then he's 1v1 with Virgil, uh, who forces him to shoot wide of the near post. Odegaard then is doing his rallying of the troops after we lost the ball a couple of times and we were coughing up possession. A lot of it, Jim, was because they were uh, very energetic in their press. A lot of it was because we were very, very profligate with our passing. Um, on 11 minutes, there was actually a very good move by us, our first bit, decent bit of football. Um, and it, all it did was lead to a break from Martinelli, who skinned Ibu. Uh, and also, uh, Saka then should steer his header home. Uh, it's a great chance. He puts over the cross after skinning Ibu. Martinelli does. And it, it looked like he had pace to burn and he had legs on Ibu, which is, you know, that's impressive because Ibu's no slouch. So he gets his cross in. It's it's beautifully floated over his left foot. And honestly, Saka has a great opportunity. They should be one nil up at that stage. 12 minutes, we saw Mack with a through ball. Very good one. He had some great passes today and a couple of decent efforts on goal as well. Uh, the ball is to Cody Gakpo. Uh, he takes one on from a distance that's low and uh, comes across the face of goal. Uh, but all it took was another two minutes after that Saka chance for them to go ahead. And it is Saka again uh, who finally puts the 1 0 up. There's a through ball to Havertz that kind of kills us. Um, it's a, a first time ball pinged forward. Um, Havertz is in acres. Uh, he's sort of inside of Ibu Kanate, running into space that nobody's in. Uh, he takes a shot and he should do better with it, but Ali saves it to his credit. Uh, it's Bills out though, and of course Saka is there first. And I wouldn't mind, but in the build-up to the move, I could see Saka moving into his territory and wondering why nobody was accompanying him. Mm. It, it really got so. It, it's it's awful when you can see something from a field in rural Ireland that your Liverpool players can't see. Anyway. They go 1-0 up. Talk to us about that opening to the game. It was quite indicative of how the rest of the match would go, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, apart from that first minute when Jota had that moment where we thought, oh my God, is this how we're going to start the game? We're starting it this way. Is this how it's going to go? And it just sort of, that was it. <laughs> that was like an absolute false dawn, as if ever you're going to see one in a game. Um, I remember thinking that, you know, that, they they start games, their fans start games, they're all really excited and the place gets loud and one of the things we need to do is sort of try to quieten them down and um, you could see that even after sort of six minutes, I think that point where you say one of the players was trying to rally the rally their own the fans, they were just they just got excited because they'd won a, a throw in on the halfway line because it was that kind of day for them at that moment and I thought you know, for all all the bullying and all the rest of it, there's, there's a sort of thing about Liverpool at times this season where we we do seem to kind of sit back and say, come on then, come on then, have a go at us. You know, we'll just take it. We'll take the hits. We'll take the hits. Come and have a go at us. See what you can do. You're not going to get anywhere. Get them, let them get them, you know, let them use up some of their energy. Let them think that they're, they're going to get something out of it. And we just stand there resilient and off we go. Then it's after that, sometime after that, that we'll go and kill them off. Maybe, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes into a game, we start to look interested, which at times I've thought of, criticise them for but it's happened so often we've started to wonder if it is a deliberate game plan to sort of look like you're not that interested um, or maybe not to look not interested but it looks to us like not interested but you know um, just sit back take some pressure and then go for it a little bit later let, let them use up some energy um, but I don't think it works against 
every team and a team like Arsenal are just going to have energy the whole game. So maybe, you know, maybe that, that, that sense doesn't work. And, um, it, it, it summed up a lot. I think that you mentioned, um, where we had, we had an effort and then next thing you know, it led, led to them having a break and it was just sort of end to end stuff for a minute. And that started with Raya catching the cross that we put in. And I think, as much as he had nothing to do in terms of shots to save today, um, apart from that one effort on target, which I'm guessing might have even been the own goal, um, he had nothing really to do in terms of saving shots. But he did have a good game for them in terms of like, for some reason, whenever we got the ball into the box, he just felt inevitable that he was going to catch it. Now, whether that's him having a good game or us just not thinking out the box a little bit and thinking this guy's going to catch the ball if we put that kind of shot in, uh, that kind of cross in, I don't know. He just felt... It felt inevitable every time one of one of our balls went in that it was just going to be caught by him. Um, and on the odd occasion it wasn't, they'd, they'd clear it. So it, and, and this kind of again sums up about today. It's just, you know, by all means try different things, but if something's clearly not working, try something else. And I just felt we, we kept going back to that a little bit too much on the odd occasion that we did actually seem to get to try and get the ball into the box. But yeah, I mean, it felt like the goal was coming. Um, I know that, I mean, you do, as you said, McAllister had some amazing little balls today, uh, some great little passes that, um, on another day, maybe with some other personnel, with some other attitude, it would have made a hell of a difference. Um, I can't fault him today for his effort. That's for all the criticism we've had today. I think he's one player who gets, you know, he, he gets, he's, he's free from, uh, badminton rackets. He can go back to the shower. He doesn't have to get <laughs> over every one of them. Um, but it did feel it was going to happen. I mean, I've written down waiting for it to happen. Um, working out, waiting, you know, just waiting, soaking up pressure. Um, I think it's, it's unfortunate in some ways that Ali's save went to one of their players, but. I think Ali normally when he makes a save like that knows that one of our other lads is going to be in the, in and around the area right at that moment to get it behind for a corner or something to get it away. But there wasn't anyone like you say. It was just, it was just almost, you know, I mean, some people might criticize Ali for, for saving it and making it go into that spot. You know, some people might say, don't just save it, get it over the bar, get it out of the way. I would say nine times out of 10 with that effort, there'd have been one of our other defenders there waiting to mop up and there wasn't. And that, you know, again, there's just these little cameos of the game today that just just spoke in so many different ways about how we just weren't at the races today. Um, still, 14 minutes in, plenty of time to turn things around. And I thought, right, you know, whatever we've tried, if we've decided to soak up the pressure, it's not worked. There's plenty of time to get back at them, get a goal, quieten them down, get them get their fans rattled because they're, they're rattled so easily. They go quiet so easily. Um we can easily turn this round. Come on, lads, let's go for it. You know, get a minute to half time. I'm still thinking, come on, lads, go for it. And it, you know, it, it didn't happen. And it's frustrating. That first 15 minutes, as I've said, yeah, not, not a surprise how it, how it sort of unfolded. Not a surprise that they scored because of the way we played. So much time left. And that's, that to me is a frustration. You would like to think that on an afternoon where um, Ali maybe isn't at his very best, I, I'm not sure how much we can really blame him. Actually, having a look back at a few things, uh, certainly not. As you say, he's made the save. You would like to think that lads would step up and actually, uh, you know, when Virgil and Ali are having their like one shit game of, of the century together, or certainly Virgil's having his anyway, that somebody else would say, 
listen lads you've saved us loads of times don't worry about it we'll just double our efforts up and do a bit better but that did not happen as you say and golly we can actually take it through the rest of the first half because what happened straight away after conceding the goal wasn't that you know we rallied in any way shape or form in fact Trent is caught pricking about at the back loses the ball Havertz is in plays in Odegaard who should do better uh, Virgil blocks the shot but it's another opportunity and that's three now that they should including the goal uh, they could theoretically be three up. Uh, there's a yellow on 24 minutes for Joe Gomez, who's stopping a counter high up the field. Um, their press is, from Arsenal is excellent at this point, much and all as I hate to give them or Lego head credit. We looked a little bit rattled by how eager they were to get to the ball first, how strong they were uh, in terms of winning second balls. We, there was a little bit of a decent pass in by Trent on 27 to Cody, but he couldn't get there. A, a cross then by Trent blocked, which won a corner on 27. And Virgil was first to it, but he heads it over the top. Uh, a yellow for Ben White, time wasting on the half hour mark. On 37, after a free, the ball broke to Gabriel. Uh, he had a low shot, which was well saved and actually also held by Ali. And three minutes were added to the end of the first half. And most of us are thinking at that stage, let's just get them in and let's see the inevitable changes at halftime, which did not come and possibly did not come as a result of what happened in those three minutes of added time. Um, they actually had a half-decent move on the 45-minute mark, a good move. Jorginho played in Martinelli, and Martinelli should have scored. Again, that's four very, very good chances for Arsenal. But what happens instead is, on 47 minutes, uh, there is a ball played forward by Gravenberg into the space ahead of Luis Diaz. Diaz is brilliantly persistent. He bullies the much-vaunted Saliba uh, and gets a touch on the ball to hook it back right into the mixer. And Gabriel, who's going sort of backing up, manages to turn around and delightfully palm the ball into his own net. Uh, it's absolutely bizarre. Uh, we go in level without having registered a shot on target. Uh, we only get one in the second half on target. Uh, it's absolutely against the run of play that we're level. But Jürgen has his opportunity to take advantage and really rattle them by making the changes at halftime that would have made hopefully a bit of a difference a bit earlier. They didn't actually, even when he did make them, to be fair. But who knows what happens if he changes up at halftime. He doesn't do that. So talk to us around the uh, goal that we scored, anything from the rest of the first half or any one from the rest of the first half that you want to pick out. Uh, it Like like both you and Jim have said, it's easier to pick out the lads who actually did something right uh, than, 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 than the, uh, the other crew. Yeah, our goal, I mean, it was probably the only time in that first half that we passed the ball forward quickly. Like, whenever we were lucky enough to be on the ball, which wasn't very often, it was just tippy-tappy shit at the back between Van Dijk, Canate, and occasionally McAllister, who was getting pressed by about four people. So we just never seemed to adjust. I mean, I feel like, not to say this is Jones's fault, we obviously made the little tactical shift at half-time when Jones and McAllister played a bit closer to each other. I feel like stuff like that, like I know footballers don't really take responsibility is probably the wrong word, but responsibility to make a change themselves. But we can clearly see we're struggling to to 
get on the ball at all, never mind play forward. Like, Trent or Jones need to help there. Like, just in that entire half, is help McAllister. Like, I know Gomez was doing the inverting in the midfield thing. I don't know why it was him over Trent. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Obviously, you want someone close to Martinelli, but Trent was playing close to Martinelli, and it was still Ebu's job to defend Martinelli. Yeah. <laughs> it just made no sense. It just felt like Trent wasn't doing anything. Um, just take it upon yourself, or it, Trent was on the near side to clock, just go, should I help? McAllister here or whoever the hell it just it just took too long to make even little changes like it doesn't have to be a sweeping three subs at a point to make an impact in a game you can just do little tweaks and it just never happened in that half but the goal itself um yeah Gravenberg passes the ball forward quickly for once that's how that's how we play we we have Trent we have Van Dijk uh, we have Dom usually and McAllister who will pass the ball forward quickly and effectively and it took Grav till the 48th minute or whatever it was to actually play the ball behind their back line and it gives something for Diaz to run onto. Now, they should have defended it a lot better and pretty easily. And that's the disappointing thing. Like, I think you mentioned um, Ray has finally settled. He's still not very good. Like, I know he had a, quite a, a nice day today because he just got, he got to claim crosses, but he's had no pressure. There was no Van Dyke or Ibu trying to monster him in the air. It was just all stuff me or you could have done. It, it was just such an easy day. Like, And I think if Dave was on here now, he'd be saying, pressure Saliba. Like, it, he's made a mistake there. I know it, the halftime was instantly after, but even when we started the second half a little bit better, we didn't really pressure them at all. We had the ball a little bit more. But get in the face, try and make Gabriel, who we know is a bit rash at time, make him make a mistake. To be fair, he should have been sent off, so maybe he did, but we'll come to that later on. Um, but uh, after the second half, after the lucky goal, we never really what one shot on target, and I think it was a P-roller from McAllister, if I remember correctly. Like That's a keeper who's been under pressure all season, and we just may well have had him in a deck chair, letting him watch the game. So stuff like that's just like even... Like McAllister was the only one who took a shot from distance. Test him. We're playing shit. Have a dig. It can go in. And our set pieces are getting worse because sometimes you need a shit set piece goal to to just help the lads out. It's going to that stage again where we can't beat the first man or if it does, it's that crap. It might as well have just been a pass to the goalkeeper. Like, I know we, are, we score an amount of goals from set pieces, but considering the lads we have taking corners, Jesus, they need to get better. Um... But ju- just in terms of performances in the, in that half, like I think Van Dyke and Ali would more talk about in the second half because of the mistakes they made. Um, Trent, we've kind of alluded to, but I genuinely hope he's unfit because it'd be an excuse. Yeah, because that was pathetic. This is this is a lad. Talent-wise and ability-wise, is probably one of the best players in the league. Not sorry, best players in the world. He should be. But if you're throwing such uh, toys out the pram, baby fit that oh, I have to play right back, and I can't be asked. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not saying leave the club, but just sit on the bench and grow up. You've just watched a 20-year-old lad have 
two man of the match performances back to back there. Wake up. Like, just wake up. My echoes just woke up in the background there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you want to be a midfielder, like, have that conversation with Klopp. Maybe Maybe he has. We obviously won't know. And we'll have to wait till whatever the new manager thinks in the summer. But you you're, you can't be vice captain of Liverpool, scouser in the team, and have that much of a stanky attitude, stinky attitude towards defending. So like, you can see that it's not just me. No. The, the, you, you can see an attitudinal thing there, where there's sort of it's not just we don't have to be body language police or whatever. But it's like I rather just at least be high energy for fuck's sake. But that's the thing. Like, not everyone's high energy. There's lethargic people in the world, but you watch him. It's like his first thought to me is, oh, I'll pass him on to Ibu. It's like, that's f- like, I know Martin, Martinelli's not had a good season, but he's, I think him and Trossard have scored the most goals against Liverpool in, since Klopp's time here. I think that I might be right in saying that. Like, at least fucking help Canate for fuck's sake. <laughs> Like it's just it's just so nice because just watching it, we've sometimes we've forgiven it because he'll do something magical on the ball. But at least give a shit. We put Diaz at right back whilst we were ten men down, and he tried harder. Diaz had all the, all the excuses in the world to not give a fuck because the game was over. We were down to ten men. We had a centre back partnership of Van Dijk and Robertson. He was still giving a toss at right back. Why can't you do it from the start? And if that's going to be your attitude playing right back, like, we might have to have it. certain games it'll be fine because we play Burnley next week, for instance, but they have dangerous wingers. You can't t- you can't go easy on them either. There'll be certain games where you can just stroll about at right back and we won't have much defending to do. But there's always moments and stuff like that. But if he wants to be a midfielder that much, just just put him there. Like but make him understand he has to earn it above McAllister, above Sabozlai, above Jones. And Endo's back now, or should be back later this week because they got knocked out the other day. Like, ability-wise, he's our best, He's probably our best player. But you, you can't play like that against an Arsenal team where we could have killed them in the title race today. And yeah. Trent's a good enough player, whether he's playing in goal at right back, at centre mid, at right wing, he can win a game on his own. We've seen it. The full, the Fulham game, like a month ago, he basically won us that game. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I know we scored worldies in it, but yeah, he can't can't have that shit and attitude towards defending. Like you can have a poor game defensively, 
But that little effort defending, you, you just can't. That Fulham game, though, I think when he won us the game, is because he got moved into midfield, hadn't he? Well, uh, yeah. And again, you know, it's I, I don't know what he's being told. Is he being told going into midfield whenever you want? Is he being told what the circumstances are? There was a bit of telling off from the sidelines, wasn't there, about players? And I don't know if he was being told um, not to wander or what. But yeah, you're right. He's, someone said to me after the game, asking whether Van Dijk is a good captain for Liverpool. And I'm, my, my answer to that was, well, yes, but every, everyone has a bad day. And if your leader, if your captain's having a bad day, then you need one of your other leaders to step in and kind of, you know, be a leader for him, you know, do his job for him in terms of the leadership. You know, he needs the arm around the shoulder kind of thing. And I didn't see anyone doing that for Virgil, you know, whether that was Trent when he was on or that was Robbo when he was on, um, you know, we, and Ali again, another one of our leaders having a bad day. And I think, that's one of the jobs Trent's got. He's vice captain now. And when he can see it's not going well, you know, this, this thing about leading by example. And if you want to be compared to one of the best scousers in our team down the years, it's Steven Gerrard. And he had his times when he wasn't keen on being played in certain positions and stuff. But I think the bottom line with him was when he knew that he had to do a job in a certain place and we needed him to do a job in a certain place, he did it. And ironically, one of the, standout occasions that happened was in Istanbul when he had to go and play right back. You know, this midfielder who liked to be a sort of attacking midfielder had to play right back and he did it. He did it well. And we ended up coming on with, with big ears for the fifth time. So, you know, whatever position you've been asked to play, you, you know, you've just got to be, and it's as I was saying with McConnell before, you should be so glad you've got the chance to wear that red shirt from the start of a game. It shouldn't matter. You know, the only, the only time you should have a complaint maybe is if you've been handed the green shirt because you've been asked to go in the goal and it's not your position. Other than that, play whatever you put and do, do your absolute best. And if you do that and it doesn't work out great, it's not going to be your fault. It's not going to be you that's going to have the fingers pointed at you for having a bad game because you put everything into it. It's the boss who'll be in trouble then for putting you there in the first place. He's no excuse, has he? I just expect more from him. And as you say, I hope it is injury. I hope that is what's done it. I put him down as rusty. That was my nicest way of doing it. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, rusty has it. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's, well, there's not many players today that, that can't say, that can say, I've not got to make any improvements next time I play. Well, as he eyes up, uh, a finite number of games left um, wearing the ball cap and long coat and prowling the touchline. You can't say that Jurgen Klopp is rusty. Uh, he decides, however, uh, in his wisdom, not to put anyone on at halftime, despite the absolutely abysmal showing. And Jim, to be fair, they do make a change. They bring on QVR for uh, Zinchenko. And to be fair, you know, Guy mentioned earlier on the idea of these passers that we've got. We're all used to seeing these brilliant diags from, from Virgil. Ibu's got one in his locker as well. Obviously, Trent can ping those uh, uh, quarterback passes. But we didn't see that. We didn't see fellas holding position high up the field and uh, that ball that we're so used to seeing out to Diaz or out to whoever's on the far flank usually Salah but whoever's there for him today and holding the ball up and you know uh, uh, bringing others into play and that kind of thing the the idea of the fast ball forward uh, where we can actually stretch defences and people were saying well we needed Nunez's pace well like John is no slouch and Diaz can can shift it Uh, you know okay Gakpo's not exactly the quickest lad in the world but there, there, there were options there to do that we just weren't doing that and the manager decided not to make any changes which is weird and you'll probably probably no doubt mention that yourself and uh, as we uh, 
look at the first chunk of this first half, they do make that change, we said. And it does start reasonably positive from us. Uh, Luis Diaz, with a raiding run from uh, pretty much the start, uh, cuts in and has a shot blocked. Could probably, there were other options, but anyway, at least it was intent. Uh, a long range hit from Mack on 45 minutes, decent sort of a dig. Another good cross by Luis Diaz on 47 minutes. And it looks like we've got our tails up on 47. Curtis cut in from the uh, left, back onto his right foot and curled one narrowly wide. And it is indeed looking very, very promising uh, in those opening minutes. And people are, I'm starting to think, well, uh, that just goes to show you never question the manager. What have you ever done, Trev? Your opinion is silly. You're a silly boy. Uh, however, that was as good as it got because straight away after that, we saw Jota being assaulted uh, and Anthony Taylor playing on. And what it did was it allowed them to have a little bit of a rousing moment. And from that point on, to be fair, the game was kind of gone. Uh, Ibu was very good against Havertz on 50 minutes because he had to be. Uh, Trent pissing about again, loses the ball soon after that. They attack and he is absolutely nowhere. And uh, We need Ibu to block the ball for a corner on 52 minutes. There's a yellow for the aforementioned Frenchman on 54, where he's 1v1 with Havertz and he has to... Uh, Take one for the team on 55. Gabriel uh, sort of head, shoulders uh, and Odegaard free wide. And on 56, he picks up Gabriel himself, picks up another, uh, picks up a yellow card. At that stage, Jim, we change it and uh, we'll take it right up as far as where they go 2-1 up because we change it on 56. Darwin, Harvey, Robbo all coming on to the field for Cody, for Trent, for Gravenberg. Uh, and the response is that Saka has a shot that's blocked or defect, deflected out for a corner in, in 60 minutes. Uh, Luis Diaz does have a shot saved after a good shot at break in 61. Uh, Mack has to do a very, very big intervention against Havertz on 63 minutes. Uh, it's wonderful work by McAllister but of course it goes to Coote at VAR and Coote over in the VAR uh, uh, little uh, area decides to take about 7,000 looks at it it's absolutely comically awful that he would be trying and you know you know he was desperate to give a penalty there was nothing to be given it was just really good intervention by McAllister but of course he took ages about it made us sweat uh, eventually couldn't find anything to justify giving it. And even when you even hear all of the Sky pundits saying, yeah, there's nothing there, you know, there must be genuinely nothing there. And then we managed to go to one down. Uh, it's a clown show of a, of a setup. It's uh, Alison and Van Dyke involved as Martinelli scores. Uh, the ball is, 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 is hit forward and, uh, Virgil sort of as he's traveling back towards uh, Ali, uh, he kind of neither lets Ali take it nor intervenes. And in fact, all he seems to do is ease Ali out of the way and he ends up air kicking the ball, which, of course, allows it to break for Martinelli to just roll it in. It's a clown show of a goal. I would be inclined to give almost all of the blame there to Virgil in terms of uh, who's at fault for it. Uh, and it's very, very dispiriting. Uh, that's on 66. Take us through the opening part of that second half, Jim. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the subs, I agree. I just thought 
we should already have been decided. We should we should already know what changes we're going to make at halftime at that point. And other than an injury or something that makes you ch- change what your plans are going to be, then those changes should have still taken place. And um, it was a fiasco on their part that got us back level. So we, we can't look at that and go, oh, you know what? We're, we're going to come good now. We've 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 just been unlucky so far. There you go. That was luck. It was luck that got us back level, and we we were undeservedly level at half time. Um, as I said before, Gravenberg put the ball through. That's about the only thing of, of worth I can remember from him in the whole game. And I said he shouldn't be playing the second half. I'm, um, and the other the other side too as well, if, if there's one thing the goal did do, it should have reinforced the idea to bring Darwin on because a bit of chaos in the box for them and we score. Now it's their own self-inflicted chaos, but we score. So get Darwin on because one of the things that we use about Darwin, one of the words we use is, is chaos. Um, he makes such a difference. He's he's the player that'll go and press them um, and get them to panic in their own box, rather than it being us that was doing all the panicking. Which is what happened today. He's he can be a bully. Um, none of our players were doing any bullying today. We were just being bullied. And I just thought, you know, you, you can't use that goal as an excuse to not change things. And if you don't think you need to change things after that first forty-five minutes, because I'm pretty sure the goal was scored in injury time, then. You, you know, no wonder you're leaving at the end of the season. And that's being a bit cruel to say that about Klopp. Klopp knew he would have known that he had to change it. So what made them decide to persevere a bit longer? I don't know. Except, as you say, that first five minutes, um, th- there's two things I thought Klopp would have needed to do at half time before the equaliser. One of them is come up with some changes. And two of them is to get the badminton racket out. I keep using that one. Um, they <laughs> needed to be told that they weren't, it wasn't working. They needed some tweets on how they played. They needed some, adjustments in attitude they needed to be warned that they're going to get hooked if there isn't an improvement soon and that's if they weren't brought off straight away for the at half time um and it felt like maybe that had happened they'd had the stinging in the ear um first five minutes it just looked like we finally finally found our mojo it was more like the liverpool side you expect to see and okay when we're in such an attacking mode like that there's always a worry we're going to leak something at the back but i i don't i would rather us do that i'd rather us be going for goals and going for goals and risk conceding something than what we did in the first half where we didn't risk anything other than conceding but with no you know it was ri- all all risk and no reward really first half um, and no attempt for reward but yeah it, it it was a good start it was looking good um five minutes later then they suddenly remembering it's third ground they should be playing better than they are and they suddenly remembered themselves and um and maybe we started to forget ourselves again um and you can see the changes coming as well. You can see it took a while before they actually happened, but they were getting ready for a while. And even that didn't really make a, a difference to the players on the pitch. You know, one last chance to get him to change his mind. The, the booking for Canate, I felt was, un, was unfair. I didn't think it was a booking. Felt to me it was one of those six or one and a half a dozen of the others where you may be, you know, you'll, you'll give a free kick one way or the other. But a booking just felt really harsh. But never mind. That would play a part later on in the game. But the thing is, once you're booked, you know you're booked. So that's it. You play and you play like a player who's booked. Because if you do anything similar again, you're off. So, um, you can't complain about the second yellow, but the first definitely shouldn't have been one, but still should have been, should have behaved better with, you know, should have sort of been more aware of it really. Um, and that includes the manager because I think sometimes you've got to look and think, is this a risk having him on when he's on a yellow playing in this sort of a game? Is it worth bringing another lad on? Quanta's decent at centre-back to be honest I wouldn't have had any qualms bringing him on today um, but yeah none of the substitutions really worked in in terms of I think by the time we got the substitutions 
we just took a while to sort of settle into these changes. Robbo's rusty. He's not played for ages. Um, it was like Gomez was on the other side of the pitch now. Um, Darwin was, was on. It just felt like it took us too long to sort of settle in. You know, Elliot wasn't really, you know, he's good, but he wasn't getting the ball. And it, it's almost as if like everything's about looking forward, but nothing about looking back and, and covering things at the back. And we just didn't, didn't sort of prepare for them coming at us. And it was no surprise in the end that, um, that the second goal came, but the surprise was, was how it came. Um, I looked at the, I, at first, my first, in, my first sort of impression was the two of them hadn't spoken to each other. It was as if they'd both gone, yeah, you have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. You know, and, Neither of them had it. They both ignored it. But when I look back at the replay, I thought it looked to me as though Virgil was saying to Ali, go on, I, I'm sort of shepherding shepherding this towards you a little bit. I'm stopping this player from getting to the ball. Out you come and get it. Except it's as if it didn't get there quick enough. Um, Arsenal were complaining, weren't they, after the last, the, the Anfield game about the pitch being too wet. Maybe the pitch was too dry and it didn't get there quick enough. But the, the thing is, there's got to come a point in that moment where you're Virgil van Dijk and you look and you think he's not going to get to this in a good way where he can make a good connection with it. I need to just heave this into Rose Ed. And he didn't. He, he trusted Ali to get it. I don't know what it was. Was it a bad bounce? What it was. But when you look at the replay, Ali looked like he was he was going to get it. And he, but then he was surprised. And I just think it's a lack of communication. And if it was any other players in the squad, I'd be fuming with them. But given what they've both done for us down the years, I don't think they t- those two need telling off for that moment. I think they'll be gutted. They'll be quiet all the way home. Um, it's one of those things. It happens in football. What's frustrating is shit happens. It's how you react to it. It's how we've done so well under clock. We react to shit happening to us. The reaction just wasn't there again. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. The reaction wasn't there again. And I'd love to say that the reaction came, Guy, after the concession of that sloppy goal. And we realized that we needed to rally and dig out our lads at the back for their uh, atypical uh, sort of laxness. But Really nothing worth a damn happens between now and Virgil deciding that he wants to do another bit of a fuck up just before the afternoon's over. So 
Let's build towards that exciting conclusion, you and I, and see the game out. So, Jim, when I come back to you next, mate, it'll be for your wrap-up thoughts uh, and plugs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is yet another one of those Mac long shots on 68 minutes, Guy, and then uh, Kivior picks up a yellow on 70. Uh, Trossard comes on, uh, note that, for Martinelli on 73 minutes, and uh there's another Mac effort uh, on 75 where it's a low driven volley just narrowly wide of the post. He is easily our most attacking threat in terms of efforts at goal. And that should be telling you a lot about how the game has gone. Uh, on 78, they bring on Nelson for Saka. And on 83, Darwin has his only real moment of threat where he sort of gets in at the near post and has a little bit of rush of blood to the head and blasts it high and wide off the top corner in the near post when he could have easily got his shot on target or pulled it back across the face. Tiago comes on for Joe Gomez on 84, which is, of course, like I suppose if you're trying to pick up positives, is good. But The only positive. Yeah, the only positive. But then again, like he doesn't actually have any magical Tiago moments either. So it's how positive is it really? Him yeah. walking is a magical moment, Trev. Be- some, some people will take joy from that. So let's, let's lean into that for them. For me, this is an entirely wretched afternoon. So I find it very hard to find any positives anywhere. Uh, 87 minutes, Ibu blocked the counter-attack and picks up his second yellow. Jim mentioned that first one was harsh, uh, but it's a tackle that you can't make if you're on a yellow card, and he goes. Unless you're Gabriel. Unless you're Gabriel, which, uh, you know, we know that he he, he pretty much gets away with the fate that Ibu has. Darwin picks up a yellow because he is wrestled to the ground by that lad, by Gabrielle, and he responded with some annoyance, and Anthony Taylor is such a prima donna that he decides he's going to book uh, him, Darwin, for dissent, as opposed to noticing the, the assault that took place right under his nose. Seven minutes were added just to torture us. Saliba does pick up a yellow, and on 91... And Rice gets one later on as well. On 91, it's 3-1. It's Trossard, the substitute. Now, we spoke earlier on, and you spoke earlier on, about you know giving a shit and making an effort. And Luis Diaz went back to right back, and at least he was making an effort. But he's also shit as a right back. And, oh, yes. and, and, and Harvey is very shit as a right midfielder. And we've said a million times that Harvey is not a midfielder. It just says a lot that he's probably better than Grav there at the moment. Uh, but when it comes to the defensive part of the game, he just can't do it. And Trossard gets in between both Harvey and Luis Diaz. He has uh, and he bombs down towards goal uh, and he's, as he's making his way towards that near post coming in from the left wing Virgil's in that Virgil position that he's always in and you're thinking I'd like you to make your intervention any time now lad and he does eventually make his intervention we've seen it a million times so credit words to you we understand what we're seeing here this is Virgil van Dijk he times these things to perfection He's a fraction out this time. And instead of getting the last minute block in where he, we have, we, we still have some injury time left and it's a rousing moment. Instead, he gets his timing of his intervention wrong. The ball comes off his foot, having been driven at goal by the substitute Trossard. And that deflection is enough to put it between Ali's legs, who's sort of trying to make himself big to block Ali's shot. It's 
tremendously unfortunate in some way. It's also, I think, another mistake because it's just not executed properly by Virgil. We have to be honest. But again, I feel like I feel like letting Ali off the hook here, to be perfectly honest, because it is a deflection. I, I'm not sure we can, like, uh, uh, people make the story about the two lads, uh, confusion and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's mostly Virgil just having a bit of a stinker this afternoon. You know, which I suppose every footballer is entitled to. It's just like we have already said a few times, if we had anyone doing anything, maybe registering more than one shot on target, we probably could have lived with those mistakes and come away there today with a three-all draw or something like that. But because we offered zero by way of attacking threat, really, we were so shit that everything that happens the far end that has massive consequences, and that's how it proved. Yeah, the res- the result is is dreadful, but the performance is ten times worse. That, that that's probably a hard word. It's just you. Well, <laughs> losing is always unacceptable because then you get us on podcasts <laughs> uh, calling people out and stuff like that. But the performance, it it we mentioned at the start, it's everything we accused Chelsea of in the middle of the week. It it, it just stank. Um, and that's the main takeaway. I, I, I didn't think this was in this team anymore, but I suppose with that many people missing and key players missing, maybe it is still there. But yeah, I think that the third goal for them, it, it's just a cluster of crap from everyone on that right-hand side. Um, Ali should save it, but it does take a deflection, so I'll I'll back him there. But no, Van Dijk just doesn't really defend it at any point. But I think the issues are just before that as well. We just have no we have no one with a defensive um bit of DNA on that right hand side playing and it just kind of goes through them. Um but you mentioned it there, we played awful. You you said free all there, but if Ali and Van Dyke play well, that's a one all draw. Somehow that would be a one-all draw if our two main lads in defence didn't screw up. It's uh, it's kind of annoying, and it would have been very reminiscent of the FA Cup game where we somehow won. But it showed what Arsenal are. They had, I think, they had like three and a half xG or whatever the hell stat is. I'm sure the UP lads will go in, but it took us self-imploding to win them their game again. Um, which is, I suppose, a positive and a negative to take from us. That's, yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with that, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, so let's go we beat ourselves rather than Arsenal beat us, eh? That's how good we are. We can only beat <laughs> ourselves. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's just a night. Like, it's just that goal was just. We were we were never in a million years scoring. So we, the game was lost at two one, barring someone putting another goal in their own net for them. So the, the third goal, who, who gives a shit really? Um, yeah, yeah. It it is a shame though, isn't it, that we can we can have uh, uh, Darwin uh, to come on and uh, we can make and Harvey to come on and we can bring Robbo on and we can bring Thiago on and the, the miracle that is that and we can still be entirely toothless it did feel a little bit disappointing um, yeah and, and adds to the whole narrative of well we kind of beat ourselves because we played like just not even a fraction of uh, competent uh, yeah. 
Whereas I th- you get the impression if we had been, and this is what you were pretty much saying, if we had been at least competent, then it is a one-all draw and they're sick and we get to hang on and sweat through the city game tomorrow and hope mm-hmm. for a miracle. As it is, we're just going to have to, you know, um, probably just grin and bear it as they ease past, which is fucking infuriating. That's the thing. It's just City having two games in hand now. You just sat there just like, the inevitableness of like Ryan Gosling memes. He just sat off staring into space. Just like it's happening. It's happening again, isn't it? (laughs) 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 I I, I don't want to be that defeatist, but you just look at it like city two games in hand. And we, yeah, as I said, losing to Arsenal, it can happen. It happens. But you just look at it like, City, you've been shit all season, and they've got two games in hand against a shit Brentford team, who hopefully I'm now jinxing into winning tomorrow night. He's just like, oh god, <laughs> piss off. Yeah, it's so bad. We are all, as you say, we are all basically variations of uh, Pablo Escobar on a swing seat. Yeah, uh, as as the uh, as the weekend progresses, but. I will be back to you for your wrap-up thoughts and plugs. I know that you have a million shows uh, that you could uh, shout out, so I'll let you prep for that. And Jim and I will uh, get his final uh, wrap-up assessment. It's a tough one to take, Jim, on so many levels. The reality of it is that as we uh, look at the table now, it's uh, probably not just as awful as everybody is uh, trying to th- to, to, to insist. Uh, we still have that situation where we've put ourselves in a good position. We really could have done with getting something out of this, at least by the draw, you're denying them two points as much as uh, missing out on two points yourself. Uh that was a huge part of it. It does feel it's it's quite dispiriting this one, and uh, you would like to think the rally will happen. But then you'd like to have thought the rally would happen today on the pitch, and it just didn't. So, a uh, little bit of anxiety, I think, be creeping into some some lads, especially the more uh, pessimistically minded. That you know, have we shot our shot? That kind of panic is definitely what Sky want to encourage, at least. Oh yeah, I mean, Sky, you, you you've got. They, they love to build every weekend up as a title decided only. And then the next weekend, funnily enough, as if last weekend never happened, it's another title deciding weekend. They love to do that. for, And that, that kicks off, doesn't it? As soon as the transfer window's shut, it kicks off and it's every weekend's a title decider. And that's, I mean, ideally for them, it goes down to the last day. So they can, they can plug and plug and plug and get the betting sponsors to pay even more money to sponsor um, ads during the game and after the game and so on. So, um, they love it, but we, we as fans, we we just try and take every game as it comes, or we should. And it was hard to take that game as it came, but we have to sort of be. I think we've got to try and be positive. And when I say we, I mean fans. I think as a squad, as a club, as players, and and all of Klopp's staff and all the the plays in front of him, all the plays available to him, they have got to be positive. That to say, look, the last time we lost. The only time we lost this season up until now wasn't far away from where we were today. That was dodgy, dodgy day with dodgy refereeing. Our reaction that day was amazing. Reaction today wasn't. We've, we've played with a weakened squad for I don't know how long. We've had players missing for injuries. We've had players maybe playing too many games because players are missing. We've obviously had the international duty, so we've lost a couple of key players. What a difference today might have been if we'd had Endo on the bench, for example, or Endo even starting. So, you know, 
there's there's still a bit of a time to go in this season. We've played 23 games. There's 38 games in the season. Um, we're a good way through it, and we're still in the lead. Um, it feels like this was, you know, if, if this people sort of use racing analogies for league titles, and if we're running around, you know, we're, we're running around that track. I don't know how many laps there are, but you know, we've kind of had a little bit of a stumble here, and everyone's cheering, thinking we're going to fall over. We don't have to fall over. We just stumbled a bit. We stumble because we're a little bit tired and we're a little bit sore and a little bit um under the weather um we've worked so hard but that stumble i hope is the great big slap around the face that says to us come on don't lose it now get get yourself back up throw everything into this this is the last run it's you know and, and, and klopp's it's klopp's last time with us you know i feel like the, the players will react for him the first two games i know they were at home i was worried there might be a slump after klopp's announcement but the first two games told me that that wasn't the case today a bad day we've had bad days all through the season and we've managed to come out of it okay we had a bad game against fulham but we rallied and we came back and won that game there's plenty of other games you can go through this season where that's happened um it was always going to be difficult to play a team like Arsenal, just like it's always going to be difficult to play a team like Man City. These, these are genuine title contenders, but so are we. We're still in the lead. Um, in terms of today's game, I don't think the third goal is worth any analysis. I mean, we had two defenders on the pitch. Um, we're still trying to chase an equaliser. It was deflected. I, I'm no more gutted that it was 3-1 than I would have been with 2-1 at that point, in all honesty. I was just gutted. And I, to be honest with you, I'd have probably been gutted with a 2-2 in terms of the performance. And I'd have been... I'd have been happy if we'd have somehow managed to snatch a win, but I'd have been exactly the same, that those players still needed that, um, those strong words to be had with them about it. But at least if we'd have done that, we'd, it would have shown we'd have rallied. Um, ref, it's that, it's so bad from us that a, a ref can have a bad day and we hardly give him a mention. Um, I want to say bad day by his standards. It wasn't that bad. Um, he actually did a rare thing. He went back and bought one of theirs after playing an advantage. He bought one of theirs for time wasting. These things don't usually happen with him or with referees in general. Um, but, you know, as I said, I don't think the, the first Canate yellow was a good one. I think that was dodgy. That was unfair. That was harsh. But once you've had the book and it doesn't matter as we, when we've benefited from that this season, we've played sent off against us who'd had, um, already on a yellow you can complain all they want how harsh it is once it's been done it's done you know you're on a yellow the ref's not going to suddenly take that off you and let you off later on um i still don't understand why we took gomez off but it was so late in the game i don't know why we left it so late to take gomez off to bring tiago on if he's fit to play any part in the game at least give him a chance to do something in it otherwise why risk him for five minutes risk him going having another injury again in such an intense game if you don't want to bring him on for a a reasonable part of time just don't bring him on at all um i still don't get that i don't understand that but we've said virgil maybe had a bad day ali had a bad day lots of other players had bad days and i'll be honest i think klopp and pep had a bad day today i don't think they really thought this this well i think they were they were out tactics out tactics is that a word um they were outdone but then as much as we might worry about about where it is we've been this season time and again we've had times where we've played badly but we've found the reaction we've found the way to do it we're on you know we are struggling with players who are injured we've mentioned Robbo coming back from however long Trent today coming back from however long um McAllister today he, he looked worn out by the end he played so well today but he's he's missed games 
But that, to me, I feel like we're coming to an end of that spell now. You know, next time Robbo plays, next time Trent plays, they've had a few more minutes under the bell. Hopefully they'll play a lot better. Hopefully the, the others will. We'll have Salah back before too long. Um, Endo will be back. Gravenberg can then go back to the academy or wherever he should be going for the time being. And we can start recovering. And I don't think we'd have been as sure that the season's over for a team losing a game if the team who'd lost a game was City. I think we'd have said City had lost a game today. They can still get back into it. Well, why can't we? I still think we can. Um, it was a really bad day, an awful day, and we've got a week to dwell on it. But it's a week off, a week to go and sort things out and turn things around again. And at the end of the season, if we have only lost these two games, we'll have won the league. It's still in our hands. It is, and like you say, it's even even just the, the the concept of getting back into it is, you know, like we still sit top. Uh, the games ahead, I believe, are Burnley, Brentford. The Luton game was postponed or rearranged. Uh, we've got Chelsea in the in the EFL Cup final. We then will have a fifth round FA Cup tie. We got Forest, uh, then, and then it's City and Everton. And you could have a situation where on the back of a few wins there, we're going into the City game with the ability to, even if we, if, if City have overhauled us at that point, we're, we're back with a situation to put the league in our own hands. It's a, 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 a monumental match then theoretically if we manage to just get back on track. And it's just a matter of getting back on track, isn't it, Jim? As opposed yeah. to, any radical shift and we do have to allow a little bit of reality to creep in that we've been badly badly wounded by not having uh, Mo Salah available uh, by having Dom Sebastian come back for a little minute and look great and then just be out again uh, by having Darwin Nunes pick up that injury uh, which meant he couldn't even start today so a lot of things have kicked us in the face there today it's about how the team reacts to the next match and like you pointed out earlier on that has generally been very good uh, so just any uh, final thought then and do give us an idea of what's coming up for you in that week that you mentioned that we have between now and the next fixture yeah, I mean, by all means, if you want to sort of forget today, happen, go and listen to the last Scouts of Tommy's because we were so full of happiness and optimism, you know, and pretend today never happened, you know, just convince yourself it never happened. But if you're realist and you can't do it, just wait till next week. We'll do another one again at the end of the week. Um, and I'm sure it'd be a great week because um, Everton drew yesterday and they're now safe and everything else. And, and we lost, so we've clearly thrown everything away. So it'll be quite good fun listening to them crowing about uh, briefly being out of the relegation zone let's face it that's what it came down to uh, so Scouts of Tommy's at some point towards the end of the week with me and Jay um, and that's it I think you know that's something to look forward to we'll get our we'll get our optimism and our enthusiasm back won't we and I'm sure I'm sure our lads will I'm sure our squad will um, that's my thing you know it's it's a bad day but you have bad days I've been a Liverpool fan long enough to know that it's very unusual to go a whole season without losing. Um, it's what you do after you lose that matters, and I'm, I'm I'm confident with these lads. Yeah, it's the one thing that Drury said today that made any sense to me is that you would write Liverpool off at your peril, uh, especially this iteration of Liverpool under Klopp, with all the emotion in the world uh, driving that lot forward, uh, do, wanting to do it for the boss, do it for themselves. There's a uh, every reason I think to be optimistic like I say we still sit top we've got favourable fixtures ahead who knows what way things can pan out and if we get to that City game uh, neck and neck then 
you know, watch out is what I would say. Uh, that's Jim. And we should mention as well, uh, it'll be Jim and Dave and I for the next Raw uh, for that game uh, that's coming up next. Uh, what did we say? It was Burnley uh, at Anfield. And we should just say as well, best of wishes to Dave, who's obviously normally a fixture here on Raw, but is feeling pretty shitty at the moment. Uh, been knocked out by a bit of a dose. I'll apologize for my nasal sound as well. I've got something knocking around for the last couple of weeks, which is incredibly infuriating. But anyway, uh, all the best wishes to Dave. Hopefully he'll be back uh, churning out that content you love during the week and back f- fighting fit for us, uh, Jim and, and himself and I, to talk about that Burnley game and hopefully be talking about a win. But Guy, let us get your thoughts as you wrap up. Uh, rare pleasure to hear you in the analyst chair. And it's, I have to say, always very enjoyable to hear your thoughts uh, in that regard what can you say to, to, to sort of finalise to wrap up our show here and do give a, f- a plug to a few of the things that you'll be involved in whether uh, on the mic or behind it Arteta still a shitter yes yeah let's go with that uh, Anthony Taylor has no hair um, <laughs> um, yes yeah and that's enough hair puns um, you, you've mentioned it there let's get to let's get to that City game with all the lads back, even Tiago, more than walking. I'm touching wood, don't worry. Um, with a cup in our hand and a perfect Lego, uh, Lego, Lego on the mind. <laughs> perfect record. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mikel, what have you done? Um, a perfect record in the league, a cup in hand, and that city game, I believe it's Anfield. Yeah, it is Anfield, isn't it? It is. Ramp, ramp that bitch up to 11. Win that. Pep puns. Back on hair. He's bald and all. Um, make that game. Christ. A send-off for Klopp? I don't know. That's too early for that. But make that game absolutely mental. Let's make. Let's get to the point where that game is everything. Cause I, don't know, guy, what, I, don't, I don't know what you think, but I think if, 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 if it's been neck and neck and we go ahead or we have happened to hang on to our lead and we beat City uh, on the 9th of March. I know it's, you're right, it's too early and it'll still be too tight, but for me, the, the league is won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, that's... <laughs> in, in, that's... In, in, I, I would not, I, I don't know how you take it off this lot at that stage if, if we get there and get that win. It's going to be very difficult for anyone to wrestle it away from us. Well, you think, on paper at least, that was our hardest game remaining. City, City at home. We know our home record. I'd say City. Probably most people agree. City are better than Arsenal, but Anfield's magical. So if even we, more magical with the new stand as well, it's so much louder. Will it? Will it be fully open by then as well? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. You'd hope so. They're um, corporate people, so they don't make a lot of noise. But I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intimidating. From the comfy chairs. Um, but hopefully the whole thing's open. But. Yeah, we, we've just had our hardest game remaining in the Premier League season, on paper at least. Then it'd be City at home. I, I don't really care where we play the rest of the top four teams. I think Villa, obviously, at Villa Park's difficult. But we just saw Newcastle go there and win. So we've just got the hard one out of the way. Let's piss through the rest of the league. We're still top. Let's get to that City game and Brentford are going to win tomorrow night. It's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but no, let's get to that City game, as I mentioned. Cup in hand, perfect record. Make that game absolutely massive. I mean, I will take that all day because it is going to be massive. It's going to be absolutely huge. Uh, and if, if if we have that extra bit of spice, that it will mean either us going back ahead or opening up a further lead that will be fantastic and hopefully by then as well Lego Head will have gone full Lego Head and disappeared from uh, the rear view mirror as well uh, what about shows coming up for me during the week I know you're going to be involved in everything I think you want to specifically give a shout out to uh, I'm not sure what I'll actually be on I'll be in as you say a background of everything I will shout out Buzz for you because I forgot to edit it on Saturday. <laughs> that came out this morning. Um, uh, so, yeah, True Detective there. And I don't know if you've announced the other one, but there, there will be another one probably Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, because I did it late. So there's a nice gap there. But there's another buzz coming in the middle of the week. And I think the Fight Fever lads are planning something tomorrow. Obviously, boxing and all that jazz. Yeah. If you like, If you like movies or boxing, check out the other channels. There we go. And quite honestly, why wouldn't you like movies and boxing after a game like that where, like I say, we had to endure the indignity of defeat to Lego Head and his little minions. But that is the nature of uh, a challenge for the title. There will be days that are a pain in the arse. Hopefully this is one of those in a grander scheme of things, which you'll see the Reds win that league, which would seem the most appropriate way to send off our manager. Uh, we have done our best to react to it in the usual raw way. Don't take any personal comments about your personal favourites too seriously. It's not exactly the easiest job in the world to do this and remain completely neutral. We do try. We try to give any kind of perspective we can to any of the comments we make. But then occasionally there'll just be a rational hatred like mine for Mikel Arteta. And I won't apologise to anyone. I won't apologise to anyone for that because he's just a, a terrible set of lads. But from Guy Drinkle, from Jim Boardman, from myself, Trev Denny, that was Raw. We'll be back with you in a week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.